has never been anyone just like you, and never will. Myself, Billy. I'm race car driver, Cliff Steele. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, WDPR 96.3, your favorite interdimensional radio station. Sick and tired of being frail and skinny? Do you want the Greek god physique that women rave about at the beach? Then stay tuned because Muscle Mystery is for you. Welcome back to Doom Patrol Radio, the best show this side of reality. My name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And my name is Nathan. You can also find me on social media at NoClutchNate. And today we're talking about episode 13 of Doom Patrol, which is called Flex Patrol. Uh, were you? I didn't know if you were leaning over. I was to... doing a dramatic pause. Oh. If you would have caught it, I would have it, let you have it. Oh, no. I was looking down at uh, my feet. Um, <laughs> today's episode <laughs> is going to be talking about a character we've been looking forward to talking to for a very long time. Flex Mentallo is finally part of the Doom Patrol, and it's going to start with an introduction, uh, basically an introduction to his concept, why people tend to fall in love with the character immediately, um, and then it sets us up for our final two episodes, which I was thinking today, I was like, oh, after this one... It'll be like the penultimate episode of the series. That episode is called Pen- Penultimate Patrol. Little on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, little on the nose. Which I guess that's the point. That's the point. And that's I the thought point. it was funny looking at it and going, oh, they actually named it that. <laughs> Just clever. Um, but yeah, we're going to start, basically the episode is going to start with a general concept of who Flex Mentalo is. Um, and then the Doom Patrol is going to meet Flex Mentallo, um, and we're going to basically get set up as as kind of, now that everyone's done with their threads, we've talked about how everyone's done with their personal threads of their development, and then yesterday's episode, or last week's episode was the Ant Farm. This is it. This is where we go, okay, we need our Doom Patrol now. And then our final two episodes, we have our Doom Patrol mm-hmm. going after Mister Nobody. Could be like a part two, a two parter type, type yeah. thing. Yes, exactly. Is that why if it's called the penultimate one, it's it's a two parter? I'm going to assume it's a two parter. You think it's going to be two parter? Well, if the is there in the in the sense of things being penultimate, is there usually something following it? Uh, no, it just means it's second to last. So yes. But yeah, I mean, and then it, then it means it is. Well, there see, is I don't know one it, thing following it. I don't know is if that it's by, be, do... by definition is that what penultimate means? The second. It doesn't of have the to last. be. It doesn't have to be part one of something. It just means it's not the last one. Okay. Um, and I'm thinking either it could it could do a two parter or it could do what Game of Thrones usually does, which is its second to its penultimate episode is usually really hardcore but it's resolved within that episode and yeah, then and then the, and then the last up, yeah the season finale is more of like yeah. a there's a wrap-up and here's where we go from there mm-hmm. so kind of like a it could be like a season two thing sometimes i don't prefer that because what should be the season premiere episode should be what is usually the season finale episode 
Um, You're saying that the pilot that's should like be self-contained. I'm saying that sometimes, like, when you start a season's story with the season finale, it's almost like, why waste that now? Why not save it for the next season kind of thing? Do you not get what I'm saying? Nope. <laughs> sometimes some shows do that not not every show do, does that when they show you the first thing like a memento thing yeah um i'm trying to think like big mouth did it where that show it ended with its penultimate episode and then its season finale was kind of like a whole new set of issues like it started everything with that season finale and then it was like and and that's where we'll we'll stop. So tune in next season for mm-hmm. this like the continuation of that. That's not normally what I prefer, but if that means the penultimate episode is going to be like super grandiose and they're going to put all their eggs in that one basket, can't wait to see it. Um, but will it probably be a two parter? Most likely. Mm. Yeah. Um, but this uh, last last week when we talked about the ant farm. And and kind of like their their high their heists into the ant farm, it was based off the three issues that we talked about. Well, I think it was like forty three, forty four, and forty five. This episode, you were showing me where it's kind of based off of, especially Flex Mentalo's, um situation. It pulls from forty three, which happens before the raid mm-hmm. on the ant farm that happens in the books. So this kind of goes in reverse where because they raided the ant farm, we got flex mentality out of it. Yeah. Um, and right away from the very beginning of the episode, we're introduced to flex mentality. We're introduced to what 1961 looks like when he's a part of it. Um, what'd you think of, uh, flex mentality in this episode? Oh, he's great. Oh, he's great. Um, he's played well. He's, Oh, he's fantastic. It's, it's, it looks good. He sounds good. The dude is a dreamboat because he is yeah. so nice and so, like, I don't even want, I think charismatic isn't even a good word to describe him. It is just, you're just so nice and, and so, you feel so secure around him. Even when it's uh, amnesia flex, you're just like, you know, you're a great guy to be around. Um, and yeah, they do such a cool concept, like, I loved how melodramatic, like in a positive way, the episode was going with him and like his 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 presence. Like in the beginning of the episode, we get like this highly stylized environment that Flex Mentalo is living in mm-hmm. where he's going on a picnic and like the city loves him. The city loves him, and the newspaper writes for him in this very extravagant way. And he's just like this smiling guy. He helps, you know, the whole cat in the tree thing comes mm-hmm. into play. This is everything we talked about when we said Flex Mentalo is a circus strong man that like Superman is based off of, kind of thing, where it's like it's super self aware. And that's how the episode takes itself, where it's like super self aware of also being a television show about superheroes and so you have his highly stylized intro but then you also have the tv show that he is watching throughout the episode he's watching tv show episodes uh it's like numerous shows or uh i think it was one show the soap opera yeah 
Something about stars. Yeah. Um, I think it was something about hearts or something. And it, stars anyway. and hearts. Hearts and stars. <laughs> sure. But it, it felt like that. And then the episode itself had those moments that were melodramatic in a self-aware sense that it's like, this is a show, this is a TV show that you're watching with these other like kind of meta, like allegories playing in the background. And I loved it, especially when we'll get to talk about like Rita Farr in the mm-hmm. hospital and moments between like Larry Trainer and, and his negative spirit. Like everyone is having like a super dramatic moment as we get closer to the series finale. And the way they balance that with what's going on with Flex Mentalo, it's just, I felt like they understood the source material in a way that they tried to capture the same tone in a sense. Um, but yeah, so they, we get this um, intro w- with Flex Mentalo and He's captured by the bureau, the bureau of normalcy, and in a very odd way. In a very odd way, right? Yeah, it's like they did the the, the cat in the tree was a trick, um, and the kid had some really funky, weird watch that I noticed at first, and it was kind of cool. He's got the Ben Ten watch. Yeah, he did have a Ben Ten. <laughs> what is that called? I never watched that show. Um, I, I the um, E Jammer. No, it's something Matrix. It's like Unimatrix. Oh. The, Omni Matrix, the Ben Ten oh, Matrix. I think that's it. No, I think it's called the, Omni, the Kevin Omni, it's, Eleven. I think it's called Omni Tricks. Omni Tricks. Ben Ten Omni Tricks. Um, Matrix. I don't know, but that might be right. People at me. <laughs> <laughs> if you really know Ben Ten, I'm sure there's a whole Ben Ten Reddit. I don't know if I really want to know you. Um, <laughs> so he uh, called for help. Mm-hmm. Bends a tree down, gets a kitten, and yet like some weirdo crazy magic. I mean, it's. I shouldn't be too weirded out about it. The Bureau of Normacy is so hypocritical, yeah. I've noticed, because yeah. they... They're using weird they things. They use weird things. They, they're they weird people. And I, guess, and I guess this goes back to, like, like I'm not weird. Like, being normal is a weird thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's that kind of concept played out. And they they use this, like, super weird cat thing, like... Something, someone who lives in a basement and thinks, like, the FBI, like, controls every bird, like, out in there. Like, yeah. it's that kind of concept, but with, like, a cat. And it's, like... The cat... It's, okay. like, yes, it's weird to see it in the TV show, but you have to remember that this is based on ideas that people actually have about the government. Like, the Bureau of Normalcy is, like, a tongue-in-cheek thing about, like, oh, yeah, the government really is this kind of fucked up and, like, controlling mm. your lives and everything. Um, and, and even so the reason I think this is so hypocritical is because we'll go see Flex Mentalo being, uh, tortured into becoming something he doesn't want or like trying to get more information out of him by the Bureau of Normalcy, but he seemed to be living a normal life. He just had superpowers, right? Like, yeah, I, I like part of me is like, wouldn't the Bureau of Normalcy like this guy when they want him to well, be... Well, that's what they were trying to do. They were trying to get him to use him on, like, missions and stuff. Yeah. And and it just becomes, like... It just becomes, like, weird. And I guess that's, like, the weirdest word to say. Yeah. Is, it's just, like, it. you guys are just not normal. Like, What's that one big guy's name? Um, Havoc? Havoc. Big, big dude. He's, like, giant man, but he's... 
I think his name is Havoc. I've heard so no, many. No, not from X-Men. Um, from DC. Yeah. I was Damage. Like, I was like, oh, I think his name is Damage. Big dude. Crushes things. I think anyway, I'm, I'm he works for the government. He was on a team with Rick Flagg in, in what was that, uh, Trinity War? Is he the guy, is he in Young Justice? I feel like, are you talking about a, a Titans character? It's not a Doom Patrol character. No, he's not a Doom Patrol character. He's a comic book character. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. It's just uh, the more I watched the Bureau of Normalcy try to do anything, because it started. It started super normal when it was when it was Danny Patrol and the Bureau of Normalcy were just like SWAT team, FBI kind of people, and it was just Darren Jones. That's when it was like. Okay, these guys are bureau normalcy. I get that they're clean shaven and they want things done. The American like they were just like a military group. Yeah, like just like the just government. Like, yeah, just the government being guys like, you know, you guys are weird. Uh huh. But now it is like, you guys are psychos. You guys are what? It, it's almost like um, it's uh, you can't. I'm trying to think. I don't know if we can compare it to like Suicide Squad, but like with Amanda Waller or anything like that. But um. They're using they they would like capture metahumans and from what we understand use them on just secret missions or whatever the hell they're gonna do with them, um, but they're just like trying to contain them. You know, like you work for us and you can never leave. I guess it is like going back to the whole X Men thing, where if Charles Xavier was just keeping the students mm. there and not like teaching them, he was just keeping them in cells and going sending them on missions. So it's like the Bureau of Normalcy is trying to do what that, Niles Calder that, that is doing, but then Niles Calder might think he's doing better. That is a better example, because instead of comparing them to Argus, we are comparing them to the X-Men, kind of, like the like we talked about. Yeah, we got to compare it to, to the other franchise. Yeah, and, and that's probably a better one, but it's it, because it's Doom Patrol, the way you could compare Doom Patrol and the X-Men is the same way you could con- you can compare... The Bureau of Normalcy to like um Charles what, Xavier? No, no, no. What is uh what what is William Stryker's uh what is this whole thing called? Oh, I don't know. His organization. Project you can compare X. it to X Men too. How about <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah. Um What is what is that thing called? Yeah, what is that uh agency called? Weapon X Weapon ins- X guys. People and um, girls. Anybody, it's really. It's like, take X-Men and maybe give them you got it on your resume. a hint of acid and some rock and roll music. Just And, then, and then do that for the Bureau of Normalcy. Hint of acid and rock and roll music? Wait, what? What? What'd you say? <laughs> for the Bureau of Normalcy. Take the Weapon X people uh-huh. and just a little dash of acid into Like the... they employed a couple hippies? Mm, like a bunch of business bros went on like a, a ayahuasca trip. And thought they were intelligent. Do that. You got to think back to like you remember the uh, the general guy, the which che- eating the cheeseburger mustn't upset yes. the butts. That guy. If you think back to like other uh, corporate things or militaristic things in Doom Patrol, um, that's more new agey. It was always like alien controlled or like different dimension people, like Gerard Ways. Yeah, but there was also some stuff like that in um, Grant Morrison. You're chewing I'm chewing on ice. ice. <laughs> I thought you were going to keep going. <laughs> yeah. you, you left me out in the water to deal with that. <laughs> I left you on the ice. I, oh, there you go. <laughs> I can't believe you did that to me. That's funny as hell. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, but 
<laughs> no, I didn't do it to you. <laughs> you chose to si- take a sip of your drink, put the ice in your mouth, and still chew it on mic. Even if I was still talking over it, it would have been picked up. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. We broke everything. Yeah. I am laughing. Um, but, Back to business. Yeah. So what's cool about the episode is that it picks up right where the ant farm kind of ended. Yeah. Where we see Darren Jones is alive. Darren Jones somehow made it and he's taken out a few of the, the prisoners in there. Yeah, man. He's just, uh, what's the word? Trigger happy. Gung ho. Yeah, definitely. And rough. The doom patrol are still there. Victor is still dealing with his dad. Yeah, that was rough. I didn't it was to... rough going back into that going, oh, wow, I I thought they would let us breathe, but they don't. They're like, oh, we're back here. We're going to make you feel sad all over again. It's very heartbreaking. Um, But that's how we get to introduce Flex Mentallo into the picture because he introduces himself to the group. And to our surprise, Negative Man and Rita Farr know of him. Which I yeah, Rita Far we knew knew of him, but from the from the ads. But negative man called him seven two two. Yeah, Jane also knows him from the serial. Knows of him, yeah, yeah. And it was it was cool. It was w- interesting how they picked up on that like immediately. You know what's really interesting that we're not like batting an eye towards hmm. like as collectively as an audience, and I fucking love it. Um, the fact that all these characters like existed in the 50s and 60s and all these things and aging is not a thing you can like chalk it up to their powers or whatever Mm -hmm. but like the fact that it's just that i just really enjoy that they existed they are all allowed to be like timeless now yeah the only one not is is cyborg but like flex metallo rita far crazy jane um Larry. I was calling him Matt Bomber. Yeah, my Wait, weird man. I was gonna say the same yeah. thing. Yeah, I was like Matt Bomber is a character. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cliff Steele. That was really weird. Um, they're all. I mean, I mean, Cliff Steele's from the eighties, but still, he is now immortal. Like you are just brain. As long as you're like stuck in formaldehyde, I think he should be good. But like, yeah, but I mean, he was he probably can, born in the fifties or something like that. Yeah, and and he. What he's been like 60s, twenty years. He spent twenty years staring out that window. Yeah. So it's like you can live for a long time. You're not. <laughs> um, it is cool how that that how that's done. I think it's very cool, and it's it's cool having those behaviors in the modern because mm-hmm. you have cyborg, but then you have Rita Far, who is an absolute diamond, and then now we have Flex Mentallo, who is also like a '60s character. Um, I keep saying Mac Bomber, but like Larry Trainer, he has like his kind of mm-hmm. his his era. It's cool that they're like it, you call them timeless, and um, it's just a fun thing to think about without it having like time travel elements in it, um, without even them having like really hard callbacks to them knowing each other in the past. I mean, yeah, there's the Larry Trainer and the Negative Spirit having the interaction with uh, Flex in this episode, but they're not in the present like. Hey, you remember that? Oh, this is neat. It's really just like I remember you because you were a public figure, and it's it's not like we didn't get any flashbacks of like everybody uh, having a run in with Flex Mentallo. 
We only just got the negative spirit who has no dialogue, doesn't talk, doesn't really show emotions. It's not like we're getting this like time travely sense from it all. And I think it just works brilliantly. Yeah. A lot of times when like you have to introduce like, you remember uh, going back to X-Men, Days of Futures Past, when Wolverine, I almost forgot his name, people probably thought it paused. Uh, When Wolverine went back in time, um, he went to the house, Xavier house. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, my throat was a little dry. Um, and then he saw Professor X and was like, hey, whatever. And X was like, yeah, I remember you from a few years ago when we tried to ask for your help. You told me to fuck off. Mm-hmm. And like that callback in a time travel movie is like you almost feel like it, it has to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't get it in this. And yet they all existed in the past and they had real lives in that time it's just really cool yeah it's a cool they're cool little devices that aren't really needed and you don't need to overshadow like the time the aspect of their time period is not overshadowed at all in this series i think that's one of the cool things about the the x-men films themselves is that they're not limited to uh like we got to have all our stories like within the timeline of like the present day like we're not doing everything like we're allowed to have a 60s movie a 70s movie like 80s movie 90s movie like the fact that we're able to have those period piece superhero films mm-hmm. i enjoy oh yeah for like sure. i like you may bash them because they're not like perfect films but i could easily watch an x-men film just because it's like, oh, it's the X Men, but they're they're in the eighties. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, cool, sign me up. But you didn't like Logan that much. I I liked I liked the Logan. It just I didn't. Do you are you not psyched I about just, like a, a I wasn't Wolverine psyched, heavy movie? No, I just I wasn't psyched about the hype of it. I oh, thought I didn't it, think there was that much hype to be honest. Oh, I think people to this day people talk about Logan like they talk about. God of War as like the greatest game of all time. Are you kidding? It's like I am not it's, in it's the, almost. I'm not in this circle at all. Like Logan to me was good. I I don't know. It was good. X twenty three is the best part of the movie. I thought that was great, and obviously people love Patrick Stewart. Like mm-hmm. they're not. They're never not gonna like Patrick Stewart. I thought they introduced one really cool thing in that movie, and like I feel like it's a staple in comic book films now, and I feel like it should just be accepted. The fact that the comic books are the fact in. that comic books exist in it, and that they're like the comic books are made up. Because when he says he has they, a line of dialogue, he's that. like, you know, three quarters of this shit never happened. It's like, oh, that's good because that's fucking marketing that's mm-hmm. storytelling that's just the fact that these characters exist in this world we're going to market them by slapping pretty costumes on them and creating yeah fake stories well, Shazam that's just a that. crazy uh, yeah and that's just an amazing concept and i mm-hmm. think that's like a it's it's like a very smart breaking the fourth wall kind of way mm-hmm. um i don't know if it's i don't i, I wouldn't say it's self-aware but uh that's just cool. I like it. Yeah, anyway. Shazam does it with the action figures, the toys, and, mm-hmm. and like people wearing T-shirts of like their symbols, like symbols that are made to promote the movie. Their logos are on T-shirts, and and we talk about Superman in ways where it's like they do it in comic books. I mean, it's so often that you see a Jeff Johns book and you mm-hmm. flip open to a page, and it's a little kid in the background playing with two action figures. Yeah, one of my favorite um, little cells is from a Teen Titans 
uh, Brett Booth did Teen Titans for a new 52 once, and it's Tim Drake chilling on a bench waiting for, like, Wonder Girl to, like, like do something because at the time she, she was just kind of like a runaway. And he's chilling on this bench. He's wearing this Green Lantern shirt. And I'm like, that, that to me is cool. That Tim Drake would just be wearing a Green Lantern shirt, like as some geek, mm-hmm. and he's just hanging out, like waiting in public. I I liked it. It was cool. I, that to me was like, I'm I'm with it. So I I completely agree. Um, this universe kind of does it too, in the sense that like, oh, why don't you just call Batman or like, oh, you're yeah. you're friends with Batman. Like, can we get a picture? Like, oh, it's Cyborg. Let's take a photo with him. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. I enjoy that. Um, but I'm trying to think, like, with Flex Mentalo, it's kind of, this, it's kind of reverse. It's like he, he he is marketing that has become a superhero. Yeah, you, you were telling me that Beast Boy did that in um, whatever. Oh, yes. Yeah. In Young Justice, mm-hmm. Beast Boy is a celebrity instead of a superhero now he has taken his his celebrity status starting from being a superhero into this can get me into hollywood where i can be uh, he's like a star trek character he like his show is a star trek show that he does and he doesn't do superhero things anymore He, he doesn't do that life anymore and he's not the only example. I know that there's a lot. Yeah, but of it's also in the DC universe, so it has that kind of concept. But that was cool because there was like several years that had passed. I think in Young Justice season two to season three, where after they saved the world, they kind of like just dis- like some people went different ways and stuff. Some people were actually trying to start families, and yeah, that's a great show as well. I could talk all day about Young Justice. Um, but there's some cool things that happen to the Doom Patrol in this episode once we get introduced to Flex Metallo. Um, and that is, like, the Negative Man has his thing with the Negative Spirit because they have actually separated in the ant farm. Like, yeah. Like, they weren't attached. Like, I didn't think that was a thing at all. I thought, like, Me once he got the secret... I mean, apparently this is what happens when you separate him. Yeah. Like, once they got the secret of the ooze Negative Man, I figured, like, oh, you just open the jar and it's, like, back into your body. Like, mm-hmm. we'll just live on from there. Um but it becomes a weird situation for Negative Man because he cannot live without the Negative Spirit. Mm-hmm. But can the Negative Spirit live without him? Hmm. Because I, I'm pretty sure in the episode they were like, if we kill Larry Trainer, you die as well. Because he came, like, the negative spirit came out to, like, attack yeah. the Bureau of Normalcy. And there was, like... He's like, you won't have a host to go to. Yeah. But that was still when he was contained. So unless... I'm thinking... Maybe he could go back into the Ionosphere, wherever the hell it was, if that if I said that correctly. And he could just be the energy source again. Yeah, that's that was my question. Because, uh, like, what happens in the beginning of the episode is that they have this, this crisis where Larry Trainer is dying. Without the negative spirit, but he doesn't want the negative spirit to come back. It's almost like <laughs> Larry Trainer is being really negative about himself, where it's like he doesn't want to continue living on. Self-loathing, Mark. Self-loathing Key is to a comedy. It's a good one. It is a good one. Um, he does. He's just like you know what? Let it. Let it be. Let it happen. I will. Let me. Let me perish. You go find a different host. Not that. 
the negative spirit doesn't need Larry Trainer. It's just like if you leave me, you can find another host. I don't want to live anymore. I'm mm-hmm. good. And so what I think this episode did well for people who don't read Doom Patrol or people who are new to it, like, and that's always important that despite however many episodes you're in, if it's still your first time experiencing Doom Patrol, there's a lot of th- there's a lot of concepts that you can't cram into one episode. And this episode is another moment where they are writing some of the woes that these can, these characters go through. And like the books, especially at Grant Morrison and Gerard Way, these self-loathing predicaments that they're in. Like Killa Steele and, and Crazy Jane. These kind of things where, like, what is it to be normal? How could you be normal again in a serious way that's not the Bureau of Normalcy? Like, that's mm-hmm. not normal, but they want a sense of normalcy and and for negative man, it's like, just let me go. Like yeah. I like that to me is that is as normal as it gets. Like death is normal. Like yeah, I want that because it's normal. But and in the bureau's eyes, normalcy is is containing it and not letting it leave a room. Yeah, and studying it, studying mm-hmm. it, for, and like yeah, and testing its abilities and, to until your advantage the, until the end of time. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um. It is so it is so far fetched from actual, actual normalcy, and and that's it's tough. It's tough because negative the negative spirit can't just be like, and they mentioned in the episode where Cliff Steele's like, oh okay, okay, just get back in the body, like done deal, mm-hmm. case closed. Like there's so many moments of Cliff Steele doing that throughout this episode to show you that the decision. Yes, the decision making is easy. No, wait. The solution is easier easy. said than done. Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Because um, he does. It, he was doing it with Flex as well. Like, hey, just remember, with everyone. just find the chief. Yeah, you just you just tell us about it. Mm-hmm. Flex your muscles and get back into it. Yeah, yeah. With uh, Flex Mentallo, things with like Silas Stone and Victor in the last episode. Everything to Cliff Steele is like. This is, you know, this is who we are. Let's go do it. Like, mm-hmm. let's go be a team. Like, this is what we should be. Like, it, like he wants to be a better person. And, like, he's trying. That's his idea of normalcy is, like, if we be better people, we don't have to suffer like this. Mm-hmm. Um, See, I'm trying to think, like, what is the point in finding the chief now? Just to save him? I think. Like, what is it to their advantage? I guess it is. Uh, that's a tough question. Yeah, I guess it <laughs> is it's just, also... to, just to like save him because it's like, hey, he did all of this for us. Jane wants to ask him like one question: Why would you? Why were you thinking about sending me to Jason's school? Yeah, she really wants to know if he's a good person or not. Because she put a lot of trust into a mm-hmm. man, which is a big deal for her. Yeah, she trusts. She like, how could she have trusted a man like Niles Calder? after already being betrayed by her actual father. Right? Like that's yeah. that's fucked up. Yeah. She she doesn't want to be fooled twice. Yeah. And especially George not going to and especially not going to be fooled a third time by Cliff Steele. You just and, don't fool me again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um and so but it's not, also not them we find out that wants them to find Niles Calder. It's actually 
our main man villain throughout the entire season who wants them to find Niles Calder. Yeah, uh, I mean, he really just wanted a superhero show. That's at the bottom line. He just wanted a superhero show. It's very... Part of me doesn't believe him. Like, I can't believe him anymore. No, like, uh, part, like of, part of you has to think, like, okay, where does where is he actually going to fit within the actual context of the show and of the universe? Is he really Instead that of cathartic the, where he's like, oh, it's my turn, spotlight for me? Like, yes, I believe he is. It's so good, but at the same time, I'm like, I don't trust anything this man is saying. I just, uh, it's, but, like, see, see, like, he's... If you go about thinking the way that where Mr. Nobody just wants to watch them be the Doom Patrol and be execute Plan mm-hmm. B Doom Patrol. Yeah. Like he just wants that as a show and he wants them to fight him because of his obsession with Niles Calder. Mm-hmm. I guess it's like the motive and like that's how you fit it into the universe. But then as him being in the fourth wall of everything, it's like what did you what did you really want? You just wanted a good TV show. Like you just you just wanted it. Yeah, it's it's, very <laughs> it's so self-aware of the audience just being like, "Hey, this is just and I don't even know where that poll and voting system was for when everybody was like, "Hey, we just want a Doom Patrol show." I was saying it for years, but I wasn't putting it on the internet. I wasn't involved in the in the talks about it. Yeah. It's just like where was that conversation being had where they were just like, "Hey, this is what we want." And shit, we're going to make it. And they said, okay. I yeah. Said, All right, you said okay to this? Um, yeah, maybe... He, it's like maybe he just wants to be entertained. Because I see this somehow ending, whether he wants it to or not, with Mr. Nobody going, okay, I've I've made the Doom Patrol complete. I just they had have, a thought. They're, Are you going to continue? Yeah. Yeah. Where they've had their... Now it's called her meet up with doom patrol everything's hunky-dory now and he goes i will make a brotherhood of my own mm-hmm. and then we get the brotherhood of dadas where we bring in sleepwalk and the, and the quiz and all that yeah which, i can see that yeah that's that's a cool thing happening like you know season two and yeah stuff. that's a cool thing happening down the line but i'm kind of realizing that um we don't know exactly the history between niles and mr nobody we got the little futopia thing where he kind of shot everybody Mm -hmm. and just let him do that but we don't know what it is did niles try to study him did he try to work with him did he lie to him was he a bad guy is this like a revenge plot i don't really know but i was thinking that mr nobody reminds me a lot of uh khan singh where it's like you created me i am now your adversary let see if you can best me who are you talking about khan singh from star trek khan singh from star trek Mm mm-hmm you're gonna you're gonna have to let the listeners know about that one. Kansing was a genetically altered human during the eugenic wars. Uh he started uh this uprising against the Federation and you know, tried to kill everybody that was lesser than him because he thought that the genetically altered were a better race, mm. as they all do. Anyway, mm-hmm. is this like what Mr. Nobody is kinda doing? Is this a revenge story against um Niles Calder? And is he like, Hey, you had a hand in creating me? Uh, you just like by definition, I'm your enemy. It's uh, yeah, because then you have to go back to his origin and go. To, is it his want for 
not normal. Ah, see, that's where it gets weird again. It's almost like he's the because he's based on like Dadaism and Cubism. Is it that want to not be normal? Like he's fueling up the Doom Patrol because he doesn't want things like normalcy yeah. anymore. Yeah, he said that in one of the episodes where it's yeah. like this is not I'm sorry, I'm taking And he doesn't want this is not like a normal superhero team. This is you don't want this. You don't want some sappy let's get together and band together and fight. Yeah, and you well you don't want um yeah, you just don't want you just don't want things to be normal. Like that's that's the whole point of Dadaism is, is in and surrealism is you don't want it to be normal mm-hmm. to begin with. You don't and, and want you don't want X Men. We want hmm. <laughs> you yeah, I don't know. It's like you, you don't want that clean cut superhero stuff. Yeah, or just, or imagine, even just imagine just that. Imagine a poster of of or, uh, or just our X Men actual reality then, like this right here. Yeah, like, and then just take we a don't couple scissors this. to it. Yeah, it's like him not wanting what we are now. Mm-hmm. So, it's a very interesting character. Um, and I have another note about him, but it relates to Rita Farr, who Rita Farr has, she has development, but for the wrong reasons. So You're going to have to explain that one to me. Yeah, so Rita Farr, it's, it's weird. Rita Farr, her her time in this episode is spent with Cyborg. It will in in the hospital where Victor and Silas Stone are, so she's away from everything about Flex Mentallo and and Cliff Seal and Crazy Jane. But Rita Farr is at this hospital. She wants Cyborg to put Grid back into his system, mm-hmm. um, and. In the middle of that, she has a moment within the hospital where what what has been haunting her all her life like comes to a front and like she deals with it or she like it's like she says it out loud. She, she like surrenders to it. Like she surrenders. She accepts it. She calls it out. Like she like has yeah. like a very therapeutic moment with. What's been eating at her all this time? That's more cathartic. And yeah, and and again, it's like self-aware within the episode because Mister Nobody even calls it out. But she's when she's eating the snowballs and stuff, and she's eating a lot of snowballs. She likes. I can't stand coconut. <laughs> I love coconut. Like coconut paste. I can eat coconut shrimp. I love coconut uh, oils. Nice Samoas, like the cookies. I've, oh yeah, no, I've, I don't I like those. destroy those. But um, Samoas, Samoas, some Samoas. Yeah, I don't know why they're called Samoas. Samosas. No, no Samoas. You think of mimosas? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But um, no, I can't. You do you like the snowballs? I've never had a snowball. Really? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Um, I've seen them in. Um, you've seen them in the store. What is that Jesse Eisenberg movie? That's not Dawn of Justice. What's the zombie? Zombieland. Oh, Zombieland. Then where they get the whole uh, yeah, snowballs thing. Yeah, it was a truck because he thought it was a Twinkie truck, but it was also snowballs. It was snowballs. It's the worst. And what? he says it. It's the yeah, fucking the worst. worst. Um, Mounds, he... bars. That's all fucking Oh, I've never, never oh. had that. Oh, God. That's just straight <laughs> coconut. Nate is so scared of coconut. I'm not too. scared of it. It's just I don't like the texture. Uh, it doesn't taste all that good as like a predominant flavor. 
You really don't like coconut that bad? No. Uh, I like those those, those Vita coconut waters. Um, oh, I love coconut don't like water. Nah, don't oh, like man, it. coconut water is my jam. No. Nah. I'm not a big flavored... I, I like... I I drank a lot of uh, Propel as a kid. Oh, I love Propel. I can't anymore. Like oh. I can't drink flavored water anymore. Guys. It's just like uh, I say, guys, uh-uh. but it's just the one guy I'm talking it's to. It's just me. Yeah, <laughs> but no. Um, got to have something. It's got to have another one other element. That element is either sugar or uh, that's salt. it. No, not salt. <laughs> I don't what? Same <laughs> random ingredients. Sugar. But then there's oh, tea. Quoting tea a is Jimmy technically song. flavored water. Um, but anyway, so like within the episode, Rita Farr is, she has this moment at first cause like there's this baby within the hospital just starts wailing mm-hmm. and at first I took it literally, but then as I started thinking more about it, what just happened to her was like an idealized version of like a anxiety attack or like a panic attack because at first I thought someone was just messing with her and like the the lobby was extremely empty and then there was just this baby like cradle like um carriage carriage like just sitting in the middle of the of the hospital room and i'm going is this planned did someone put this baby here like is this a trap like is she in a like vision did someone fuck with her while she was watching tv um but I it's not it's, I, I thought i think it i i think that it was imaginary yeah, it feels like that, but it wasn't. It you was. Sure? It was because, like, eventually she comes back to normal, and when she's trying to go to the elevator, and there are people sitting down in the chairs now, and like, and there are actually people working, and like the old man comes out of the elevator. When she hears that baby crying, it just like the way that they shot the the way that they blocked the shots and everything. It honestly looked like tunnel vision for like just hearing that yeah so it was stylized to like how she was being affected by it and so i thought that was very interesting because it it almost plays out that way where it's like the only thing that she's focused on in this room is the fact that that baby is crying and i thought that was interesting um spoiler the old man is mr nobody so it is possible that it could just been in like a whole vision thing old man ed asner very famous actor it's an old man in this in the story. He's a very famous actor. We don't even get the name uh, of the character itself. No, but at least Ed Asner is in it. Ed Asner's character. Yeah. You happy? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you want to tell us about him? About Ed Asner no, or the it, character? Uh, the character. Um. Yeah, that's what made me think that the baby was a vision. Mm-hmm. Because because he Mr. ends up being Mister Nobody. Did you think it was Mister Nobody at first? I had a guess at one point. Um, I'm. It's uh, towards the end. It started to feel like it, and then especially when he came in with his dialogue, his little one-liner. It was just like, oh yeah, okay. Yeah, when he shows up again at the end of the episode, then mm-hmm. I was like, oh, you're a bad person, aren't you? Yeah, but I mean, I figured it was just somebody important because it was Ed, Ed Asner, and it wasn't just like, hey, there. This is you know, he was not just cast as old man number one. I mean, he. Did, uh, I wanted to give. Rita Farr is develop her like her story some credit because I love seeing Rita Farr in this show. But the way that her her arc ends in the episode is is the fact that she's like, I've I've faced my demons, which is good. And then she goes to cyborg and she goes, I need you to put that ro- angry robot back in your body. 
And that was the part where I was like, am I supposed to support this character or not? Am I supposed to be mad or am I supposed to be like, yeah, she told Cyborg to put Grid back in the body. Like, that was what's confusing me. I was confused at... um, Like, is this an achievement? Yeah. It's an achievement that we told uh, Cyborg, hey, put that angry robot back in your body or so help me. I'm confused as to if that is what Cyborg is. Like that you have to face your demons no, and but fight no, no, this no, no, great no. guy. I, and this is maybe a little sing, uh, close-minded, but is normal cyborg accompanied by grid, if not grid, another operating system that is as invasive, that's healing his wounds, that's doing all these things? I don't really know. Like, what is what is normal for the cyborg character? Is he supposed to have? I, I mean, I, yes, there's the story of the operating system taking over control, but is normal cyborg the operating system just working in tandem with him and doing the things that it's already doing, like healing him See, and I, like <laughs> activating a gun when he feels threatened? Okay, now we're talking about Iron Giant, right? <laughs> um, uh, yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We it's could, good, we could very well be. Yeah. Um, it, I think that the trend, the trend that seems to be happening is that each character has their... Um, dangling carrot which is their idea of normalcy yeah and the solution is to deny it does that make sense yes it's yes it makes sense but like they all have that like should we but then that's what we want where we have to say no to it but then cyborg deactivating grid would be him denying the normalcy him him trying to live without grid is normalcy and i guess denying it is putting grid back into his body and dealing with it oh like cuz mm. it's not normal to be cyborg no if he got rid of the cyborg parts he could be nor- but then i could argue that since the character exists the sole fact that him being a cyborg and being linked with grid is normal that's they have to come to terms with who they are. Yeah. And Cyborg has to come to terms that he's going to be Cyborg, which is abnormal. Yeah. And so I guess that is the question now because because it, it what it ends up is just it ends up being just Mr. Nobody planted this idea mm-hmm. and got what he wanted. Yeah. And so that's why I'm like like inception. That's why I'm like is this Man, the right decision? You remember how the Leonardo DiCaprio is a bad guy in Inception. Like how he's how he's a g- giant asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like he killed his wife. It's... He did just that. He put the idea in her head. Yeah, but they're all like they're all they're all bad people. Everyone in that movie was a bad person. Yeah, they were like robbing people. Like at the very end, there it's like it was just a heist. It was like a heist. It was a heist. Like for not for good. Like where did we have this? Uh, oh. Yeah, we just had this conversation last week about um, the heist structure. How like oh, the how heist, heist element in the heist element in storytelling is like top tier, like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> like like, like I can't be mad at any heist film. Yeah, because be, oh, it's a heist story. You could spin um, it any other way. By the end of the day, someone's like, "So this is a heist movie. This is a dream heist movie." It's like hell yeah, bro. It's like yep, all right, yeah, you got it. It's usually it's usually a safe bet to do a heist. Um, unless you fundamentally fuck up and then it's like, okay, but that was 
not good. And so I don't know. I don't know any bad heist movies. Um, if you know a bad heist movie, let yeah, me Ocean's know. Twelve. I don't. I've never seen it. Yeah, that one's not that good. Um, Ocean's Thirteen's great. Ocean's Eleven, great. I'm trying to think. So yeah, we have this big moment where Rita Farr is explaining what's been haunting her. It's it, it calls back to Doom Patrol Patrol, which is like a, a very early episode. National Treasure, great. I don't heist, heist movie. National Treasure 2. It's pretty good. Um, I don't think it was bad. Is that one of That's the one they go to Mount that, Rushmore. Yeah, I, I remember it very well. Trust mm-hmm. me. I've watched it a few handful of times. Yeah. Um, what do you... Uh, so, what, uh, the haunting... The thing that's been haunting Rita Farr, the thing yeah. that we're talking about... The baby. No, the... I have... I'm so th- I had to ask you while we were t- middle of the episode. Um, yes. I... Don't remember that being like. You don't remember the Rita Farr story. I don't know why. Yeah. Yeah. I don't really remember. If anyone had forgotten what happened with Rita Farr before the uh, the Congo film, um, she is basically, you know, she's a diva. This is Rita Farr in in, you know the Hollywood era, and so Rita Farr is she is the best thing. Like she's uh, the household name. Everyone knows Rita Farr. She's the greatest actress in the world. She has a friend who is also an actress, and there becomes uh, like a bit of a love triangle scenario with this other actress. Um, the other actress basically steals her man and also her status as like the most popular actress mm-hmm. in Hollywood. Um, but then the the actress that used to be her friend is now. Um, she has a kid, but she's getting no support from the character that she was in having the affair with. And so when the best friend returns to Rita Farr for help, Rita Farr basically just gives her $100 and tells her to fuck off. And then she ends up killing herself. This is the character that we see at the end of Doom Patrol Patrol, who slits her wrists like down the street or uh, down the road. Style, which like yeah, I know. The, kills but you. When 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 did that happen? That happened right before she got her. Uh, she got cursed with that with her superpower because her best friend was supposed to be in that Congo movie. It was supposed to be her opportunity, mm. but because Rita Farr was no longer the best actress. Yeah, but because she was out of the picture now. Good one. She is now, once again, Rita Farr is in yeah, the zeitgeist. In the yeah, okay. In the spotlight. That was a better one. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. Um, And so that <laughs> that is how she ends up and she gets cursed. Wow, why don't I remember that? That's why? weird. It's, 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 Maybe because I just, I don't, I think I was excited it, about it, other uh, things than Rita, Rita Farr Farr's. hasn't. Rita Farr never got that streamlined version like, Larry Trainer kind of did where it's like we're going to keep showing you visions yeah. to play things out. Like Rita Farr got everything kind of like either through somewhat of a augmented reality vision mm-hmm. or it honestly just is her saying it. Like okay, I'm just going to say these words out loud and yeah. you got to paint this picture in your head. That's that's kind of how it goes. There's no maybe one day they'll do a streamlined version and they'll actually show you exactly what happened. But yeah, now that you mention it, they don't really 
streamline it. But oh well, it's it's a good thing to keep up with. So if you didn't if you didn't know, now you know. I'm just gonna go back and watch the episode. Yeah, and uh, and she comes to terms with it. And you know, in my head, I was thinking like, this is great, but what does this have to do with her closing her arc with Cyborg? And it is about like facing those demons like you have to deal with it she the bottom line is what she was saying is that she deserves everything that yes. happened yes exactly that's her facing it saying that yeah. i deserve this and this is her normal thing where it's like to be normal would to be go back would would be going back to rita far the actress like she loves the spotlight she mm-hmm. misses it so much to her that is normal she wants to be the way she is yeah. when she's in the spotlight and her accepting her abnormalcy, I guess that's how we should be phrasing it, mm-hmm. how she accepts her abnormalcy is to be, I got what I got, and I I have to move on now. Like, I am now Rita Farr, yeah. the blob. <laughs> Mr. Nobody does say that at the end as she's walking away from the hallway. He says, like, you're going to, now we can see you do extraordinary things. And this is probably what? Giant Alaska woman? Arm stretch? We got one arm stretch. Uh, we've gotten, yeah, I, we've just we've gotten a lot of blob, gotten we, a lot of uh, misshapen forms. We goop. I, I think did she use her powers in the ant farm besides just being inside close steel? No, it was just that she didn't do any like. Mm-mm, she only did the extending arm for the last arm. Yeah, in, like the decreator episode. The decreator episode. Yeah. yeah, that was a good moment. It was a yeah that that to me was like. There we go. We finally got confirmation that she, like, just promised that she'll become that kind of Rita Farr. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, I was thinking, like, how could this relate to Cyborg's character, like, his decision? And it is about facing the demon. Like, you have to abs- uh, accept your abnormalcy, take this chip, put it in your arm. Like, let's get the ball rolling, and then let's go after Mr. Nobody, because we're done being scared and moping around and and just being depressed like that. So um which is another good response that Rita Farr has to Negative Man where he's like coughing up blood and he's like, "Oh, like just go go on without me and kill me." And she's like, "All right, now that you're done, let's go kick Mr. Nobody's ass because yeah. I'm I'm done with this kind yeah. of thing." So it was good that she had that moment with Negative Man because their relationship we haven't seen in a while. But I remember really liking. I like the subtlety of it, r- like the w- fact that like it's 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 a it's a good feeling knowing that they have lived in the same house for fifty years. Yeah, like they have <laughs> known each other longer than anyone else. And yeah. it's nice to go back to what used to be Negative Man and Rita Far, like gardening and mm-hmm. and fixing the house, and like I would love to see that again, like a, another. We need an episode. You, you you want domestic patrol? I want an episode that puts them two back together for for a do whatever, mm-hmm. just do whatever. With Sitting on the couch watching TV. Yeah, because we we've been getting a lot of good pairings. Like we even got like a Crazy Jane Cyborg episode, and I like the pairing offs. I want to see them return and do do something because mm-hmm. they had a falling out. I think at some point in the season, I, 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 as everybody, I think there was. I think it was. I think it was sometime between Jane Patrol and Danny Patrol where Negative Man was really like, yo, fuck this place. Mm-hmm. I'm so done. Like, 
and Rita Farr really is trying it was, to... I mean, it was right after um, um, when they went to Jason's school. Yeah, the Doom Patrol Patrol. Uh, yeah. Oh, Therapy Patrol. And Rita Farr was like, all right. Yeah. I need you to be here with me. And Negative Man was like, nah, mm-hmm. fuck all this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, this is... Her development is is good. It, it is good, I believe. It just doesn't seem right when you know Mister Nobody wanted it. But, but he didn't want it for like vanity. The only one that he wanted it because it's entertaining. Yeah, and the only thing that he really wanted like a a bad um, ending was Cyborg. That was it. But that makes him better, right? It makes who better? <sighs> Cyborg. It makes him better that he didn't fulfill did Mr. Nobody's uh, thing, but also he killed his dad, essentially. I mean, he really inflicted a I, lot of pain I, on his dad. I, I honestly thought they killed him. And yeah, I, me too. Um, but like he's, uh, at least for right now, he didn't, um, he didn't recreate the painting that mm-hmm. Hangman's daughter was uh, I, I, I kind of thought that was. I kind of thought that they had done it. Like they had finally done the... <laughs> The recreating of the of the painting that they wanted to do. How everybody's supposed to be dead? I I, I I don't know. I just thought it was like a a foreshadowing. I didn't think it was like, who knows? Maybe we're you didn't st- think it was literal, like verbatim. Like that shot would have happened in the film. I thought it might have, but if they said that, it who was didn't. he holding in the painting? Was he holding? He's Sil- holding his dad. He's holding Silas. Okay, yeah. so yeah, then I don't know if they're all are they all dead in the painting or are they just standing around while he's holding his dad. It's a good question. Can't remember. I will have to come back and like mm-hmm. I wonder if that shot will actually if if maybe we've been lied to like it already happened maybe it didn't. Um and I think it might have happened on the floor of the ant farm. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I kind of would have been okay with Silas Stone going away for good. Woo! Buddy, you think be it would have been too heavy? No, I'd be just a I'd be a heavy uh heavy cyborg. No yeah, parents. but now that Silas no Stone, Stone Star Labs, and now that Silas Stone is stable, is that that doesn't take away from it, does it? I don't know. Yeah, it's because then I'm also thinking like there's a chance, maybe it's maybe he's stable enough to motivate the character to make good decisions. I don't even know if I can call it good putting grid back in your system, but. Is is the fact that he, there's a a chance that Silas Stone could still be alive? Is that what is fueling the character's motives? Because he regrets what he did, instead of killing his father and then having to live with and him? then having a nihilistic outlook after mm. that. That could be why he's still. Maybe it's a. Maybe it's better that there's a chance that Silas Stone is still alive. Yeah, that's probably a philosophical question they had had they had to have had while writing the episode. I don't know. I'm not a writer, but um, could be, could be. Um, we get to see the finale of Flex Mentello's relationship uh, development, and and oh yeah, like perfect. We, like I we, think it was great. We come back to it, which is based off that 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 issue. Yeah, issue about. number forty three um, of Grant Morrison's run. We, we get Dolores back, which mm-hmm. I know some people might claim some Infinity War type effect that happens to Dolores, but what happens to Dolores is pretty verbatim to what happens in the comic book. 
So what is the Infinity War? The the dusting kind of like oh yeah, I'm sure someone will try to make that that I'm doing it right now. Um, but like, just saying, Grant Morrison did it first. Uh, but it's cool. It's it's interesting that Dolores comes back and 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 she too has been normal normalified by by the bureau. Um, normalified. Normalified. That's the only way I can think of brainwashed. it. Brainwashed. Brainwashed, if you will. Um, and it really snaps Flex Metallo out of out of his state and becomes Flex Metallo once more, which mm-hmm. is so cool that we just get to see a superhero who can flex and and things happen. Magic. It's muscle am- mystery. It's amazing, is what it is. What was the other one called? Something Halo. Hmm. Like his powers. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, I can reach over and grab the book, but um, and then talk into the microphone. What's also kind of cool is we we do quickly get some resolution between Crazy Jane and Cliff Steele, which the way they are in the episode is kind of they are our comedic relief. Like they're just pestering this guy, Hero do, Halo, Hero Halo. Yeah, that's the Hero of the Beach thing when mm. he flexes. Oh, and it does that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the, I wasn't listening to what you just said. The com- the comedic relief between Cliff Steele or the, co- not between them, but like them two together, Crazy mm-hmm. Jane and Cliff Steele, like all that comedic relief throughout the episode, where they're just like pestering yeah. Flex Metallo and Cliff Steele is also you know it's very funny. Like we get Brandon Fraser in the episode where he's playing himself like not himself but he's like, playing cliff steel he's playing cliff steel the race car driver in in a soap ep- opera episode where he does like a make-a-wish thing for some kid yeah who passes away and um right there in the room by far probably the funniest part of the episode for me was just that moment yeah um but yeah they Cliff Steele and, and Crazy Jane have like a bit of a resolution about him apologizing for what happened in Jane Patrol, which is very nice because we want to see that relationship be kind of solid again. Flourish. Yeah. Well Solid. Solid would be they, the better. They had word. a they had a good relationship in like the Grant Morrison books. Mm-hmm. And I think some people think what how they have treated their relationship in the episode is good because when it does resolve itself, it will be worthy of it and not so much like, oh, we're just going to have them be, be friends again. Yeah, be friends from the yeah. start. It's like they quickly set it up for like, that's the expectation. We're going to make you like hurt about the relationship and then they will get stronger because of it. And then you'll feel actually rewarded mm-hmm. for their for them being like the... Cliff Jane, uh, yeah, Cliff Jane power duo that we see in like the books a lot. Um, that being said, that goes back to me wanting to see them again do stuff, and then seeing um, Negative Man other and people pair Rita off. Far, yeah, you know, back again doing their thing. Um, yeah, just really good stuff between those two characters, and um, then at the very end, they all team up. It's it's it's. It's very on the nose of being like this melodramatic moment of like, now we're the Doom Patrol. I also want to point out that um, we got a little bit of a spoiler because the penultimate episode um, had a little photo of everybody standing in a line. And a Flex hero Mantello, shot. Yeah, and Flex Montello was there. Um, in the comic book, 
it kind of makes a mention to Flex joining the team, even though he doesn't have powers, which is essentially kind of what happened in there. But um, I like assuming that he's just going to be on the team now. Um, one, because he got that's saved. Question. And two, I think he just belongs there. Yeah, that's a that's the question. And uh, I want to see him as a character forever. <laughs> I want to see him like always a recurring character, like make him part of the Doom Patrol. Mm-hmm. Like Flex Mentallo, uh you could keep Cyborg. Like I wouldn't want to get rid of him. Have a Cyborg Flex duo. Yeah, like make it a, a team of six or a team of seven now that you have, maybe you'll have Niles Calder come back. There's your little Batman-Superman friendship right there, Flex and Cyborg. Flex and... Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you're... the strong man, you get the tech guy. Yeah, you are kind of right about that. Huh. Um, I didn't mean for that to derail No, you. but every time I think of, like, every time I think about other uh, superhero team-ups, I do kind of think of, like, who is the Superman? Who is the comic mm-hmm. relief? Like, who is the Barry Allen of the group? Who's yeah. the Hal Jordan? You always got to think about the dynamics. Yeah. Because every... And then, like, every one of them has, like, the, the OP, like, other character that's not the main group like something like crazy jane or something where it's like you're not you're probably not forefront but you're like op like mm-hmm. green lantern or martian manhunter or something like that oh i see what you mean okay yeah yeah something where it's like oh they those are like that's that one ethereal person who's like yeah. super op um but that is a good way i would like to see a flex mentalo cyborg like but yeah Good ideas. I want to see these characters. More more episodes, please. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's it, a lot of good stuff happens, and a lot of good st- stuff happens because our villain wants it to happen. It all just It's all just so self-aware, and I love that about it. It's, and it's self-aware that it's a television program? Yeah. It's, yeah? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's very much like Grant Morrison wanted Doom Patrol to be aware of it's very fragile reality. Mm-hmm. Um, being aware of like fourth wall and, and source wall, if you will. Good one. Um, and like that kind of stuff. Like it's the writers are capturing the right tone that the writers had for the books. In the sen- but instead of a book, it's a television show. And I think that is, is a good way you separate Doom Patrol from being, oh, we're just trying to carbon copy what Grant Morrison did. And that might be the best way to go around it so that it becomes an original take, it becomes its own thing. Because if you did pigeonhole yourself into being, oh, we're going to be Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol live action, then I guess some drug- Then you become happy. Then I get yeah you become happy but um, not the emotion the television the show. television show yeah. happy um, but then you know like some people want the Arnold Drake but some people want Grant uh, Grant Morrison or Gerard Ways or even Paul Kupperberg's uh, Doom Doom Patrol and this is like no we are just taking their their fundamentals and applying it to a TV show rather than comic books, superheroes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is this is self-aware of live-action superhero media, like Avengers, the DC films, 
other DC TV shows, anything with a superhero in a TV show, this is a self-aware, tongue-in-cheek version of that, which is what Grant Morrison did with the comic books. That's why you have Justice League showing up with the painting that stole Paris and being like, out of my league, Cap. Like, mm-hmm. I can't do this. So that that's it's good the way that they're going with it. Um, I think a lot of people will be going like, oh, this isn't exactly like the books. And it's like, it's not supposed to be. They are taking things that you go, oh, I recognize that from the comic books, but it's not for you. It's for, it's trying to be an umbrella for everyone who loves Doom Patrol, but also be like, let's show people who don't know what Doom Patrol is, like a way that's gets the right fundamentals. Like you need to learn the fundamentals of why those stories work so well, not just like, oh, it's based off of this book. You should read this book. Yeah. That part comes later. <laughs> um, but that's why it's great if you read the Grant Morrison, uh, those volumes, like they have like those four words. And I highly recommend reading that. Like don't even skip straight into reading about like reading Doom Patrol issues. Like read why Grant Morrison even wanted to tackle this property, like what he wanted to bring into it. And if you have volume one of Gerard Way's Doom Patrol, at the end, it's like his fundamental ideas mm-hmm. of what to bring to Doom Patrol. Like he even said, like, yes, I love Grant Morrison stuff, but this is my tongue in cheek jokes at society and what what is normal and and stuff like that. And so that's what's important. Um, so yeah, definitely check those out. And if you enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at Radio Doom Patrol and the DC Cinematic Listener Society on Facebook. You chat with us there about today's episode or any episodes that you're catching up on. And without further ado, DJ, please take it away. Grab your coat and get your hands. Leave your worries off the doorstep. Get a strong start to your day with a bowl of Mentallo Sugar Flakes, part of your balanced breakfast. See your muscles grow day by day, and we'll catch you here next time on Do Patrol Radio.